Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodd Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs. Prepare to be underwhelmed. And away we go. So I'm thankful we were able to actually make it to record tonight and the fact that I haven't become a walking ice cube thanks to the uh, the temperatures out here. I don't know how much you've been paying attention, but it was a balmy mercury uh, proven negative 26 degrees today. And then uh, with the wind chill, I had seen it getting as low as in our area for the part of the city where we're at. A, another balmy negative 43. So this is uh, we're recording the, the night of the, the major polar vortex that everybody is, is worried about. So luckily we didn't have to go anywhere. Uh, that's the benefit of working from home to begin with. Um, but uh, just staying here and staying warm, luckily based on our, our building, having a good heating system and everything. So uh, just kind of getting a little bit of cabin fever now for the past couple of days. But other than that, it hasn't been too bad. Oh, do you wish you had over a thousand games at your disposal to play? Well, I mean, I have the entirety of the internet, but I just don't have ambition. <laughs> that is correct. That's the welcome to my world. Um, that is uh, that is a hundred and ten percent my whole thing. Ambition. That's tough. But uh, on the ambition front, I finally did get around to doing something I've had on my to do list for a while, which was moving. Uh, the hosting for our site from just strictly SoundCloud uh, and a kind of DIY solution to the the webpage over to a, another hosting provider based on Fireside, uh, which is a site I use for my other podcast that mm-hmm. it was kind of good to do this the first go around that we had here. But then moving our stuff over there, it's just it, it'll cost half as much. It's much simpler. I'm using their stuff now to do like recording notes while we're recording as opposed to tr- manually transcribing stuff later. So it ends up being a case where it's just so much easier to, to do and it makes it easier to get things up and out and all that stuff. So finally got that moved over and it's like 98% of the way complete. Uh, some of the stuff that I was uh, saying I was going to need your help with uh, just doing kind of some copying and pasting I, I didn't on my own. So it's pretty much about where we want it. And that'll help you uh, get to a, a quicker blogging solution since it's more of a standard blogging uh, mm-hmm. interface and we can get more of your movie reviews out there. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some, I, uh, I was, I went out a little thrifting today. Uh, first thing I didn't put this on here, but I, I would be, uh, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, I did the trade night, um, with, uh, those guys, um, that I mentioned in that second article that I posted for the NES page, we had another trade night, mm-hmm. um, that was uh, actually super successful. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I, I did pretty well. I'll give you hard numbers, uh, not on, <laughs> not on air. Um, <laughs> cause the, the hard numbers are hard numbers are too good. Well, here, you know what? Matter of fact, I'll just do this easy since you're here. Those numbers I texted you is basically what I went, what I went home with. Um, once I sort of totaled most of it up. Um, so yeah, so it was super, uh, it was super successful. Uh, that was really fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like I, uh, so I, uh, that's a roundabout way to say that I, I went and picked up a couple laser discs while I was there. Oh, nice. Uh, the first two Indiana Jones movies. Okay. Uh, but I don't have a laser disc player. That's, that's that was okay. my next question. 
Um, I have three laser discs now. One of them is a Rush concert and uh, <laughs> and the two movies. But it's okay because I actually found a collector set while I was out thrifting today of the Indiana Jones movies. I've been so I've basically just been trying to thrift nonstop my movies, uh, movies, Blu-rays. Um, it's weird. I'm not. I haven't been too big into music lately because I don't know. I think because of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thrifted all that stuff. So uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll get one of those for the the revival of that. I've got some. Uh, I've got a couple Blu-rays, and I'll I'll find I'll find a couple of good movies to do on those. I've got to actually finish the uh, San Andreas review. I actually have to go out of my way to find that find that movie again. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry. So we switch back over to the, um, to the thing. So you, uh, you did another, uh, heart camp. Yeah. Yeah. We were down in Florida for that for a reunion. It was the year, about a year anniversary of the first uh, heart camp that started down there last year. And so it was a gathering of all the five different sessions that went over the course of this year between two in Florida, mine in LA, and then two in Nashville. And it was about 55-ish people that were there. And over the course of the weekend, or actually even like the first night, they ended up throwing Amanda and I a surprise baby shower, which Aww. was absolutely amazing and completely caught us off guard and nothing we ever expected to to happen. So that was just mind-blowing, to, to say the least. And then it left us a... Uh, pretty much a, and on emotional hangovers for the, the next couple of days. We knew it was just going to be intense just going back and seeing friends and kind of catching up face-to-face with people we hadn't really seen all year but had continually been connecting with over the course of the year. But now it was something where we just had so much more there and there was just, you know, so much more validation and, and love and everything in the room. So that was that was awesome. Uh, and then being in Florida where it uh, kind of – as I opened a little bit warmer than it, it has been here, it was nice to, to get out and get into the sun, spend some time on the beach and everything. And then uh, we we stuck around with our, some of our friends and stayed in Airbnb for a couple of days to just relax and decompress since we knew it was going to be a pretty intense weekend. We just wanted to not make it as end as, as possible or as quickly as it needed to. So that was when we ended up driving around Orlando and figuring out that there's 762 different toll systems that are in, in and around the the happiest place on earth. Um, so it just ends up being it, it. There's not easy pass. There's e passes. There's sun passes. There's another system altogether. And I think we ended up paying like on one trip. It was probably pushing over thirty dollars in tolls just to get. Oh. Like to get there and back, um, and which is a ridiculous amount, which seems asinine for it to be a tourist location, but then it also just ends up being something that you realize they're doing that specifically for tourists, and it's kind of like extortion, so that they're just making sure that they're taking as much money as possible to take it from everybody coming through there. So it was. Eventually, when uh, when we go back, once the the babies do, since we're or once the baby's here, since we're already planning a trip, or we're talking about planning a trip for uh, when she's around two ish, we'll figure out uh, everything we need to do and actually have tolls proactively. Then uh, uh, either a toll pass that works or prepaid stuff or whatever, because I've never 
you know, wanted quarters that much of my life. And it was still pretty annoying that we were digging around and uh, going through like $6 in, in in just all quarters rather quickly, which was mind boggling. Yeah. Tolls suck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's your, that's the, that's the mind breaking statement. A, when you said, uh, when you said, when the baby, when does the baby, when the babies do, uh, that immediately triggered a room, a quote from the room in my head, which is great. Um, which is, there is a scene where one of the characters says that they're pregnant and one character goes in the most stilted wooden way you can. When's the baby do Lisa? <laughs> So, yeah, um, if you haven't, uh, I think I have to, next time we cross paths, I think I'm going to subject you to the room. Yeah, uh, it's if, something where both between us it's come up and then in other conversations it's come up too. So it's it's one that's on my radar, but I, I think it'll be something where I won't watch it until somebody makes me watch it. So that, that'll definitely be something where uh, we can, I'll take you up on that. Yes, and I'm confused. Well, and also not confused, but rather I should say, when you said the happiest place on earth, I mean TNA TNA's Impact shooting location at Universal Studios in Orlando. Close to it. No, I mean, it also no. could be you know uh, <laughs> Full Sail University in Orlando where they film NXT too. So e- either one. Ooh, ooh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That'll do it. And I, I was NXT. thinking, I didn't even put two and two together that we could have had the possibility of going to the NXT go home show, which I think was one of the, was one that they filmed in Orlando that week. I don't think that was done on the road anywhere. So that was one that we, we could have gone to there if we had thought about it the Wednesday night, since we were technically staying in uh, Kissimmee, um, which isn't too far from, from there. But uh, I didn't think of that until Saturday when I was starting to watch some of the uh, takeover stuff before the NXT stuff before takeover. So, Missed opportunity, but one we'll get back to in the future. Kissing me? I hardly know ya. All right, so. <laughs> all right, that yeah, but uh, Look, in, they're all they're all not going to be winners. Yeah, you, you <laughs> can't all. You, they're not all going to be home runs. But uh, in the meantime, you've been pretty active with some of your NES write-ups, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we've got the two articles that are actually up. I just got the uh, other one up there. Um, I am I've contemplated the third one, um, which is very active writing time for me um, coming from that fellowship. I think we talked about the last couple episodes briefly. Um, I, I'm uh, I completely uh, t- read tore apart my manuscript um, and basically starting that from scratch. So uh, once I can get into some rhythms there, um I'm basically going to take the time to craft, craft it um, a little with more with more artistry. Not that there wasn't any before, but like I've legit got a way that I'm doing it. Um, also, because I think I wrote like the best poem I've ever written in my life on the way home from on the way home from that. So yeah, that feels great uh, when you when uh, you get that type of uh, kind of instant personal gratification of knowing that you're you're. It's just flowing out of you regardless of needing to get it out there or publish or anything else, but just being really happy with something that you've gotten on paper. Yeah, so um, I have a friend uh, who's telling me uh, – actually a fellow Watering Hole fellow that was telling me a little bit more about the scene, on the open mic scene down here. Um, it's uh, – schedule stuff It's going to be interesting to, for, for me to do, A, because I'm an old person, uh, and B, everything's down in Raleigh. So um, – 
for me, that's still about, you know, it's like in downtown. So it's in downtown. So it's like a 30, 40 minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts at like nine 30. Okay. And it's like, I'm old, Rick, I'm getting old. <laughs> Like I, I can't do that. Like I, I, I'm, I fall asleep at like eleven without prompting. That's the sad like, realization I made over the holiday breaks here, where I planned on doing a lot of late night podcast work for all the podcasts, and then I wanted to go to bed at nine thirty every night. So I, I'm sadly uh, making that realization much quicker. Yeah. So, um, so those are up. Um, I've got an idea for the next article that I want to do. Um. I'm actually going to be uh, covering playthrough convention that I think we've. Whoops! I dropped my my Budios blanket. Uh, I gotta get a new chair. Um, I gotta get several new chairs. All the new chairs. I was um, just looking around to see if there was something I could put behind me so I could sit up straight here. So we're on the same page there. I'm I'm glad we're we're operating here with some uh, some stellar equipment. <laughs> I know. Well, this is a chair our buddy John gave us, and one of the wheels broke off. I've had this chair for like four years, and uh, I've just been I've just been toughing it because uh, office chairs look kind of expensive. But um, so I'll actually be covering playthrough um, as a media person. Um, which and when is, cool. is playthrough this year? Uh, March thirtieth through the thirty first, so it's the end of March. Um, I will be there, uh, yucking it up. Uh, covering stuff and figuring figuring out uh, what take I'm probably going to do on the whole thing. Um, I'm also trying to arrange a uh, collector's uh, meetup kind of thing there uh, for the couple of the trade groups that I'm a part of. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's going right. The writing stuff's finally, you know, it's finally happening a little bit more. Um, I'm actually really hesitant about sending stuff out right now until I finish the manuscript. So, um, to get it all together. So, yeah. yeah so it's good to that'll stay be focused good. There. I mean, that's, uh, similar to some of the takeaways that I have from heart camp is being a little bit more inspired to actually get the thoughts out of my head and get them on paper and into a cohesive mm-hmm. form. So I'll be making a, full length like blog post uh that i've got a skeleton for but figuring out the rest of it on my personal blog and then we'll put a link to that here as well as far as just some of the other inspirations for writing and what hard camp meant and stuff like that so uh similar where it just kind of it feels good when you can start writing something and actually know it's kind of what is just flowing out of you so i had a couple of, of moments of clarity there doing that based on some of the conversations i had at hard camp which was which was pretty fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that is is always good, you know, steel sharpens steel. So putting yep. yourself in those situations around those kind of folks always does that. Um, the on the uh, I guess I can get this out of the way real quick so we can get to the, the next section here. Um, I do have we talked a little bit about uh, off off mic, but I do have that ion interview coming up. Um, not uh, I should say off record. Uh, but I do have that ion interview coming, the Skype interview. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that goes. We'll we'll see how I feel about that. Um, right now, that split's probably realistically working for for Jet. It was about a sixty forty, um, and now I think it's probably more if basically to go to to not going. Um, and I think with ion, it's probably a thirty seventy with. Um, 30% I would maybe go 70% I most likely wouldn't um just pay and um I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff here 
Like, I didn't like. There's not. There doesn't seem like there's gonna be. They're not gonna pay. They're not gonna offer me enough money for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually starting to get a whole bunch of stuff going here. So that's, you know, um, well, you know, just because you kind of started down that path doesn't mean you have to keep going down it if it doesn't fit and you've got something else that's come up in the interim. Like I mean, you've done yep. a lot to get to this point, but it also isn't something where you're losing any of your investment if you don't go. Like a yeah. lot of what you were doing was essentially self-enrichment to get there as, and I mean, you already mm-hmm. took a trip there and you, you know, you did most of the stuff you wanted except find me a live Pokemon. Um, <laughs> and I mean, came back and I mean, even as you said, like you were, you were better for having taken that trip. So just the, mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, what you, some of the initial things that you thought may have been a possibility for what you needed to do um, just may not happen, but that doesn't mean like you either that's not right now or does or not something that can't happen later type thing either yeah uh side note i think we should change this wrestling news section to wrestling slash sports for the future um and i'm gonna change that now that's fine um uh yes so i can move that one thing down here so to so we can probably end our our come our uh our rumble talk uh, with that, so I guess we can actually go into our little gaming news section here. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with some of the magic stuff since the rest of the stuff we have here is more wrestling, video game related. Um, but yeah. like when we started this a couple of years ago, I figured we would end up talking a lot more magic just based off of that's how we met, and then it's also just kind of what was kind of mostly my main hobby at the time. And I mean, you were still uh, mostly into it, but then also kind of just uh, on the way out, just based off of local enthusiasm and stuff like that. But it was interesting where looking when I was moving over those episodes to the new provider, um, it was interesting to see the, where we started out with a pretty steady, like a stable or, or cadence of, of magic stuff. And then it, we only, kind of touch on it here and there now and it ties into something that happened over the weekend where it's just like on a large scale like for us magic just isn't a thing anymore so it's been very interesting to see the shift in coverage and the shift in organized play and the community styles that are being pushed officially from wizards of the coast and the main companies that they're using for that. So uh, did you hear much about uh, Magic Fest New Jersey over the weekend or no? Um, so I have one, I have, I'm friends with a couple of judges I haven't met in, um, in person. Um, and I actually tried to like, they started to get into retro. This is funny. They actually started to get into retro game collecting and I was trying to talk to them about it and they never bothered to fucking respond to me. So yeah, you know, I was like, Hey, you've been, I've been doing this for a while. I've also been getting rid of magic cards for this you know, would you like any, you know, not even like, would you like any tips? Just do you want to share your experience experience or someone maybe to commiserate with mm-hmm. if it's not going well? No response. So that's the last time I try to be friendly to people. So, um, <laughs> um, so, but no, that this person posted that, um, there was, uh, basically no coverage of it. And, um, Apparently, the event was super popular player-wise, but there was no coverage of it, and Wizards of the Coast basically was kind of just like, we really don't want to do coverage on this stuff anymore. Yeah, so it was, they ended up, 
they ended up having to everything was popular was the event sold out but then it was even even more well attended with apparently i saw somewhere else uh people noting that they were just playing commander on the floor now i don't know i did not look um because i don't care uh if this was the same location that we went to gp new jersey a couple years ago um (laughs) and so if, if that was that necessarily wouldn't be a place that i would be playing anything on the floor um but uh with that said they had enough of a an attendance for the entire space to to be taken up but it was also something where if you have if you have an event that will send someone to a basically a championship tournament then you would think that there would be coverage of it of some sort and so i mean they ended up having to break down the uh the feature match area because they didn't have enough space to, I believe what I heard was there was a 500 person PPTQ or 500 person PTQ that was on Sunday that they had to break down the coverage area for, for space, Um, which I understand. And I understand the need to kind of accommodate people in the space given, but then Mm -hmm. also you still like, I don't understand why there wasn't feature match coverage. Um, but then also like they didn't have any sort of coverage for it at, at all. And it just ends up being the case where there are things that need to happen like on the spot. And there are things that when put into a narrative, um, they end up looking that it just ends up for people who aren't there on the, on it or who end up looking at it from a game of telephone. It ends up being a case where the, you're just under shooting everything and not really making people care about going to magic fests slash grand prix anymore. Um, and so like, I'm not even in the realm of trying to, you know, make the pro tour or whatever the hell they're calling it now, since they they've had changes for it and they're focusing on esports and stuff like that. The, uh, uh, you know, I'm not worrying about being a, a pro tour grinder or whatever else that, that would become, but it just ends up being a case where, with everything that they're doing for reduction in just support of organized play, mm-hmm. I just have no interest in going to any large events whatsoever. And I don't know if that's a yep. concept of where I'm at in life, where I'm at with the game, but like I, I would much more enjoy just playing regularly at my local shop than doing any big GPs. And that's a situation I never thought I would put myself in because I, I was always up for going to any GP whatsoever and just spending as much time there as possible. But then even so, like when there was GP Milwaukee back in the fall, like I went up just because I had to pick up boxes for our, our, uh, my buddy Jay. And then I didn't even end up playing any magic that day. So it just, it's interesting where it's, you may have been, you know, six months to a year ahead of me on on some of that, but it's definitely (laughs) as far as organized play and just caring and kind of being like all in it's, it's definitely catching up to me now. And, And with all of the kind of death by a thousand paper cuts, where again, there may be other things going on under the covers or, or behind the scenes that that's not the case, but to borrow like, the politics term, the optics of it look horrible when everything is just basically saying like, screw all the players who are winning. Because like when a guy wins a tournament, that's going to give him, you know, a trip to a championship tournament or a couple thousand dollars or whatever. Or if you've been playing magic for how long it's 15 rounds and then top eight. So 18 rounds, if you've been playing magic for literally 
close to 24 hours taking in like round breaks and long rounds and stuff like that. You would think that there would be some coverage, especially when like that's one of the major tournaments of, you know, there's what a dozen of them, maybe 14 over the course of a year on a given continent. Like that, that's just ridiculous. And so the, the fact that they're pulling everything out there just seemed ridiculous. And there was no text coverage. They didn't announce the winner until the next day and all this stuff. And so it was just super sad and super disheartening, but also it was interesting timing for me to pull all of our old, old episodes over and just look at it and go, yeah, I guess it's right because I just don't care anymore. And that's just not anything that's going to draw me into it. So maybe it is, you know, something for a new generation now, but we'll see. Cause I, I actually don't even have arena installed on anything either. So that's, you know, it is what it is type thing. Yeah, neither do I. I think honestly, I think it's it's too it's there's this is a this is a tri prong attack. That's that's that, and like there's a combination of life stuff changing, um, where Cedric Phillips always talks about the value proposition of magic. Yep. Um, and that's a I don't know if he's mentioned it recently because I've actually been skipping his magic podcast like that's how you want to talk about I like I love listening to Cedric Phillips talk to the point where like I will literally watch a stream at work when I don't like like I'll watch like a, a Star City stream you know just because you know I would want to hear him in in um oh my god Patrick Sullivan Sullivan thank you uh, I would just lo- would love to hear their banter, and I wasn't wouldn't be doing anything else. And I've been skipping his magic podcast. That's how bad it bad it's been. Um, Me too. Like, like um, I'll listen. Like I'll, I've been like watch listening to his NBA podcasts, you know, because those have been enjoyable. Like just skipping the magic stuff. So um, I've been skipping leaving a legacy, and I love that podcast a lot. Like just all the magic stuff I've been skipping, dude. I haven't even listened to a limited resources and like a year and a half and i fucking love marshall slutcliffe like um that's how i would go to sleep like i would just like put on a set review flip over like you real bad because i don't have a tablet i would just you know uh put in my headphones put on the podcast flip over the the laptop and just fall asleep that way i didn't burn myself you know uh (laughs) didn't burn myself alive with the laptop but um like so it's a combination of life stuff bad value propositions for you because you're starting to realize that your time is more valuable. Yep. And, uh, lack of coverage, uh, or lack of, lack of importance of it in your life. And then like, um, just, it's the, it's different. It's not like, it's basically for a different crowd of folks. Like, uh, part of, I think part of magic is that, um, you know, it's it, it's it's highly it's a social game that's highly dependent on the people that you know and the people that you play with. And for me, I think we, when we first started those years ago, because I know I've mentioned actually selling the stuff on and mm-hmm. off. And honestly, I've just I've been selling, you know, I've been selling bits and bits off. Like um, I always make I made the joke it was a couple of it was, a, you know, eight or nine months ago. We had the whole almost the whole gang together and i was like oh let me just whip together a commander deck and i didn't own enough unique cards to put together a commander <laughs> deck outside of five colors right you know no, no, because i'm a plan or just i'm just playing literally high dollar valuable legacy right so like, <laughs> um i'd have to rip I'd, i had to rip apart like three decks and play across five colors to get to the hundred count um 
<laughs> so uh, it's the for me that social network has really been deteriorating um and has been deteriorating for like a really long time um and i mean that's fine you know people people get older people have life stuff that's more important um and that always ties back to the value proposition. Like for me, if you ask me to, like I played, I did FNM the other night because I had, uh, um, I had it off. Uh, half the people I was supposed to meet, I was supposed to meet there didn't show up. And then, um, you know, for various reasons. Yeah. Um, and then the person that was I was supposed to actually hang out with, um, that was like kind of my fallback plan was like, oh, I'm gonna draft, and then. It kind of just, I was like, cool. Like, I was like, well, I, you know, I'm up here with my thumb up my ass, not really doing anything because I generally play a format that nobody plays. And I'm either playing that or playing UFS, which I have to get my boxes come tax time. But uh, (laughs) I've been, I've been, I've been slow on my pickup. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that's, it's generally just coming down to, I'm not saying the game's dying, but like, it's not really there for me. Like, you know, it's fucked up. Like this, this is how bad it is. I legit took the time to the trade nights felt more like a magic, like an F and M for me. That trade night I was at felt more like an F and M for me than the F and M. And it was mostly just because of the connection with folks. Right. Like, you know, we were sitting there. I mean, it was, was packed. We're talking about, you know, there was probably at least 30 or 40 people that showed up there just to basically trade. Okay. Have beers trade plus the bars regular patrons. So it was like packed. You knew everybody. You were looking around, looking at stuff, having a whole bunch of fun. I even convinced our buddy Jim to fucking come, <laughs> and uh, you know, so that was cool. Um, but it, it had more of that kind of atmosphere. With I mean, uh, I don't even know when this is going up, but um, one of the local stores is actually changing lo- moving locations again it is actually going to greatly reduce um the amount of magic that's there and they're changing the focus of their business from a gaming store to like a gaming bar uh yeah so that's like that's been a that's been a big thing so it's like you're seeing like all this stuff change around and it's like okay well if it's not just there for you anymore why going through uh why go through the motions and um that's you know that that's that's kind of been my thing is that over the years since i've been seeing this slowly erode erode and erode for me like i mean yeah like i went in and bought some singles or whatever just because i figured maybe i'll play them in the miracles deck but like you know it's i still like you know it's for instance of just like the lack of care just across the entire thing i still have two proxies in my miracles deck (laughs) right and you ready for this they're not tundras they're not fetch lands. They're not the force of wills. They're not the snapcasters. They're f- two fucking predicts because no one cares enough to sell their stuff. Yeah. Like, right. I can't get two. I can't get my hands on two predicts. Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, so, and it's like, if I'm just going to sit there and dump money into something, I'd much rather just dump it into the video game stuff. And we talked about that before. Like, you know, I, was actually just sorting through a ton of that stuff and, you know, was having substantially, you know, more fun. I, I sat down and fucking played kingdom hearts today. Right. Like the, like I played one of the, the re-releases for PS4 and like kind of had more fun than I did at F and M. 
and I don't even like Kingdom Hearts like that. I just figured I'd play it because of the hype at Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 3 dropping like a day or two ago. What is today? The 30th? Today the 30th? Yeah, today's okay. the 30th. Okay, sorry. No, I, I was like, I have to make phone calls tomorrow <laughs> at work that are important. After we, I have to call people to tell them to pay me the money that they owe me so I don't cut their locks. Mm-hmm. And I had my coworker do it today, and I just wanted to make sure I wasn't like ahead of a day. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, there's, you know, it, it, that's, that's honestly what a lot of it comes down to is is just that whole thing where it's even Wizards is, you know, they're going to they're gonna move hard to Arena because that's going to make them more money in the long run. Yep. You you don't have to pay printers. You don't have to you don't have to worry about those contracts. You still have your card designers and everything. Uh, you're going to have a better coverage of it just because it's a technical thing that's easier to display. Um, you know, and the game itself is going to be catered towards new players, and you can completely control it. It's obvious that's where it's going to go. They're going to say that it's not going to you know it's not going to go there. It's going to go there because that's where the money is. They're a company. And that's the thing is like people don't understand is that Wizards of the Coast over the last decade has not done a lot of things that necessarily benefit the player. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, and, that's been kind of uh, face value for a while. Yeah. And like, you know, and people deny that. They're like, oh, no, they still care. I'm like, dude, there's no promos. They took away F&M promos. Your promos were going to a GP as a fucking planes. A basic land the cards that people basically throw away i don't care i don't and this is the thing too it's that like yeah the art on them is cool and everything but it's a fucking plane yep. planes it's an island there's no there's no practical use that i can't get from a fucking starter deck to go to that event it's ridiculous they're not like nothing they're doing says it encourages their players to do anything besides by basic levels of product and even then the base like their specialized products are so absurdly priced that the stores get screwed over because they have to order it to have it in stock for the players. And the players bitch about the price of it. It's ridiculous. I think that last master set that came out was like $350 retail. And I have not touched a single card from that set yet. I mean, not specifically because of that, but just because of uh, basically exhaustion, like, product exhaustion but also because of just that that quandary that you said there where it ends up being a case where stores don't want to buy enough don't want to buy too much but they have to buy enough to get it in the first place and then pricing and everything else so it just becomes this you know the shitty chicken and egg situation and it it is something where i i I definitely see the the fact that it's the return on investment of our entertainment dollar has passed you know the folks like you and I buy. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate that we're at that yeah. point, but it, you know, it is what it is where now I just have to be more uh, respectful of my uh, kitchen table magic type time. And like, this is what's crazy, right? I know, I know this is the last thing I'll say about this and then we can move on to the other stuff. The other stuff will probably go pretty quick. Um, but um, like that $350 for me personally. So the people that, I want to spend my entertainment time with, right? Like you, my buddy Jim, a couple of our other friends. I'm never going to do that whole PC thing, right? I know you have an Xbox One. Jim picked up an Xbox One so he could play with his brother. And we were talking about it. We've been talking about it for like two weeks. That $350, I'm not even opposed to not to, to, I'm not opposed to even spend that on my entertainment dollar. But like, 
that for me that would be substantially better spent there because mm-hmm. at least I would get some function out of it. Out of that box, I'm not going to fucking draft it because Lord knows, A, I hate draft even though I'm okay at it, and B, I'd have to sit around with some number of Magic players that I do not know. And do or not sit like. Around. Yeah, yeah, just to draft a product that I bought and paid for. So what happens is you sit there is you buy a $350 lottery ticket and go – or you buy $350 worth of lottery tickets and just go, I guess. Yep. Like – you know, that's that's fine when you can, like, you know, you, you just can't justify it. So, and, and that's that thing. It's, they, they, they've passed this by and they've been working that way for a long time. And I think and just not, the result of that, the whole Magic Fest New Jersey was, like, all of that just in a nutshell where it's just, like, that was just the the icing on the cake and, you know, the, the mm-hmm. bow on top of the package to, to just kind of really bring that all home. So that's been the, a past couple of days while I've been here uh, cooped up in the uh, – the Arctic hellscape to kind of come to that realization myself as well. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing that I've been basically seeming like a crazy person yelling about from the rooftops for the last like two or three years, you know, like, Oh, you crazy. But you know, anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, so we're going to move into more of the video game based stuff. Um, so the, we shop channel, um, basically, uh, it, clo- it, it, it shuts down tonight, I believe at midnight, uh, which today is, uh, the 30th. So, uh, <laughs> get your, if you have any points and if you have any Wii points left, uh, this is your time to spend them. They're forever gone. Or if you need to make sure there's some stuff that you've downloaded that stays there. Now, is uh, that for the original Wii or that and the Wii U as well? Yeah. That's the that's the original Wii. Okay. So um, they've started. Yeah, they've started shutting down some online support for the uh, for the Wii U. Not sure what. Um, side note is that uh, th- I think I'm actually going to go for a complete Wii U set because it's only like 160 games and costs under two thousand dollars. So um, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do that. Uh, but I, I actually booted up the Wii U for the first time in a very long time to make sure I had all of my. Uh, had all of my um downloads mm-hmm. uh set up so um yeah so if you have if you have points you can't add any money you haven't been able to add money for since march or last year so if you got points you got to spend them now um at that uh trade night uh i picked up red dead redemption 2 okay uh i believe this this is probably the first time that we've actually mentioned it in our show it's been uh, probably a little late um i originally wasn't going to get this game but i got a really good deal on a trade for it so i picked it up um i don't know if we've talked about this before but i've never liked rockstar games we haven't talked about it on mic but we have definitely talked about it in person yeah i'm not i'm not a big rockstar guy and from what i've played of red dead that really hasn't changed uh changed anything for me um the i mean the game's not bad but it handles like fucking it it handles like frozen snail shit okay so like just everything like everything's so slow and you know kind of loose and i played for about three hours so this is this is the real kicker so the inst so the game is on two discs mm-hmm. uh it demands a hundred and five gigs of your hard drive jesus yeah and takes about two and a half hours to install over two discs uh so um 
yeah, so that was fun. Uh, so I played for about two and a half hours during the uh, before the rumble. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't get very far. I don't know if it saved my progress or not when I shut it off. And honestly, I don't care enough to see if it did. Um, <laughs> we'll go back and maybe uh, mess around with it again a little, little bit. Uh, but that was pretty much that. Um, also, um, so Red Dead, my first impressions, not great. I'm really disappointed that it won a lot of game of the year stuff last year, but, um, I think there were better, I think there were better games. Um, but, um, and of course, uh, kingdom hearts three came out a couple days ago. Uh, I have not had any experience with that. Um, but I am going through to play through quickly playing through the first two games and probably just watch some cutscenes so I can get the dumb story of whatever that game is. Um, because I, from what I've seen, none of it makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Just none of it. So, um, but it has Disney characters, so it can't be all bad. Um, but I know a lot of people are big from that. I've heard someone, someone told me that apparently kingdom hearts three is too easy. Uh, but I don't. That's one. I mean, I'm pondering picking up the uh, just the rest of the Kingdom Hearts series just to pick up a play. Just again, because we talked about it on the last episode. I think that's gone up, which I'm not sure which one's which. Um, but if that's something where it was just based on context and content from a lot of the the uh, the crossover characters and all that stuff so i was was thinking um to do it but i just haven't gotten around to it so that may be one i I figure out but other than that i don't really worry about digging into it yet so i've been paying attention to some of the stuff that they've been saying about it but not too much yeah so i think it's a nice balance out for uh, generally for this first quarter of gaming i think it's a nice balance to resident evil 2 okay um I don't think you can never convince me that the Kingdom Hearts games are serious games with stories that are supposed to make sense. Um, I mean, for something that was made 15 years ago, I don't expect totally for it to work well now, especially with those adaptation of that now. Um, Resident Evil 2 is still just good. Um, And I think the combo of those two games is actually a nice little beginning of a uh, nice little uh, was this technically be Q4 because it's one, two, three, it's a four, one, two, three. So, um, excuse me. I think that would be a nice little, uh, nice little uh, balance there. But um, yes. So I see here. um, I think we are basically ready to get into the meat and potatoes. Yep. (laughs) A good 40 um, minutes in. Yeah, a good a good uh, 40 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we, I guess, before we get a look, get our little tease on, showing a little little nip slip to get the folks at home excited. Um, Super Bowl, uh, who do you think is going to win? Uh, I honestly don't know. Uh, based on being in hard camp, I didn't watch either of the – championship games so i i know that there was shit that happened in both of them um and to, to see it go but based on how much 
Tom Brady and Sony Michelle took a dump on me during my fantasy season this year, uh, and that I was able to ride Gurley as much as I was, even if he could possibly be injured, I'm going to say the Rams. Yeah, I, uh, I I like the Rams here too. Um, you know, and hey, look, I'm almost close. I almost called. I almost called the Rumble the Rumble winner. My my pick made it to the final four, which I uh, <laughs> um. I actually have to <laughs> wait for you to post that one so I could actually see. But um, yeah, so I, I like the Rams there too. I may watch it, may not. Um, it, the Madden simulation went with the Rams too, so okay. I think I think I'm going to go with the Madden simulation. It's been right ten. Of, it's been right sixty six percent of the time. So there's at least a little something there. Yeah, I think um, there's just way too much uh, firepower on the Rams side of the ball that uh, even if they're injured and everything else that they just, they've got too much going for them that uh, even if the Patriots can turn it on in the playoffs, the the full season's worth of work doesn't just go away when you're looking at that. So there's a, a lot more turds that the Patriots laid this year than uh, can be glossed over for kind of a, a, a good couple of games in the playoffs. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we are definitely in for the, uh, the meat and potatoes. Um we can talk about so I've I've watched uh, all of Takeover uh, Takeover Phoenix uh, except the last match. Okay, um, which is the Alistair Black uh, Champa match. match. Yeah, um, let me just I, let me just say this straight straight from the, from the get go. Um, I fell asleep for the I fell asleep for parts of the Rumble. Um, which I, when we talk about that, uh, for, I was in, so I was in the, I was in the game closet straightening stuff up. Um, and I had hooked up my laptop to stream cause I haven't gotten the PS three upstairs yet. Uh, cause I need to find a working controller. So the PS three works. I'm excited to eat, fuck as excited as fuck to use it, but, uh, I don't have a working controller for it yet. So, um, I was absolutely glued to that pay-per-view there wasn't a single bad match. The length was appropriate. The women's match was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the Ricochet Gargano match, fantastic. The tag match between Undisputed and the, the Warlords, War Raiders, War Raiders. Sorry, excuse me. I'm I'm naming Atari Twenty Six Hundred games <laughs> um, in the War Raiders. Uh, a fantastic match. I think that that match was probably the not the best match, and that match was still a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was great. Like that whole thing was great. I mean, the downside of this pay per view, uh, that pay per view was there was no Velveteen Dream in the on the card. Yep, like that was it. Um, but everything else that pay per view is insane. Like, how do they consistently have, um. So many NXT. So like if NXT was the main product, they would have nothing, nothing to worry about with AEW. Exactly. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, I, I just can't. Uh, it's too. I don't even know. I don't like the takeover. The takeover was so good. And all the takeovers, even the not great takeovers are still good. And then like. Like the the takeovers remind me why I like wrestling. Maybe not NXT as much, uh, because they don't have the real big event. Like NXT, 
the sh- the matches are generally good, but it doesn't have enough of an oomph for like a like a like a special feel that really gets me energized and into it. Um, and that's pretty much always the thing with episodic wrestling for me. Yeah. Um, but those mats are so good. Like it's so, uh, the takeovers are so good. And then we get the, I'm just going to say what it, I'm just, I'm just going to say how I felt about it, which I think was kind of just a mixed bag. The, the whole rumble was a mixed bag. Um, the, once again, for me, um, oh, I, we should, do you have the card in front of you? Yep. I got it here. Thank you. Um, so they started with, did that start? That started something stupid, didn't it? The kickoff show was the Cruiserweight Championship, and which was Buddy Murphy versus Callisto, Tazawa, or Tawaza, and Itami. Um, and then the United States Championship with uh, Rusev and Nakamura. Boy. Boy, oh boy. Uh, I watched one of those matches. I, I did watched not two of watch those. either. So I, I started with just the straight one straight from the stream. Um, and so I, I missed both of those and I was happy to do that. Yep. Uh, you didn't miss much. I think I was actually cooking dinner throughout the entire Rusev Nakamura match, which is a fucking shame because Nakamura at one point was is is still probably one of the best wrestlers in the fucking world at you know and just no care no care yep um and then what happened on fucking tuesday with that anyway (laughs) another joke yeah so um (laughs) you can experience that at home uh for yourselves listeners uh that soul crushing the soul i didn't even watch smackdown or raw um I could fuck. I couldn't make it through the rumble staying awake. Yeah, so um, that, that's why I laughed so hard when you said uh, you fell asleep while watching the rumble. I fell asleep four times. So <laughs> we got we got back from Florida Sunday night. Um, I ran to the grocery store to make sure we had food for the week since it's you know colder than Mars here. Um, and so by the time I got back, started unpacking whatever, I started it at nine thirty local time. Little did I fucking know that the entire run length for the Rumble is four hours and 53 minutes. So by the time 1 a.m. rolls around local time, I've already taken one nap and I forget which map that which match that was in. It may have I think that was probably during the Daniel AJ match, um, Mm. which just speaks to kind of some of that that booking. So I may go back and watch that one. but then also I legitimately – I knew I fell asleep during the men's rumble, and I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll just keep my eyes closed and listen to it. <laughs> so, okay. So this is actually really funny because we fell asleep at almost the exact same times. <laughs> um, I fell asleep – Right after the AJ, uh, the AJ um, Styles match. Oh, okay. No, so I felt I yeah, I fell actually, same for, place for me because I now that I'm looking at it, I, I saw all the AJ Styles match, but I fell asleep like a minute or two into the Lesnar Balor match. I didn't even I didn't even make it. I didn't even make it. I woke up and the Rumble started, and I <laughs> I, I, I I woke up I was like fuck, I missed that match, and then. 
the rumble started and like Jeff Jarrett was apparently like entry number two. Yep. And then Kurt Angle was like four or five. And then at some point I fell asleep and missed Jeff Jarrett and Angle being eliminated. <laughs> and then was kind of there for the rest of it. I fell asleep for, I, I, I nodded, I, I nodded off for a little bit around, uh, around the cursed number 14. Um, it was the first match in this card. The, in the, in, I want to say sh- it was, I'm pretty sure it was Becky Asuka. Okay. So uh, once again, the general highlights of this were pretty much just the women's matches. Um, I think uh, Becky Asuka um, probably match of the night. Um, and then the women's rumble was really good, except for my note here. Um, <laughs> um and um yeah so and then and then it, so it was Becky Asuka then the tag team then the women's rumble then the two title defenses uh well, then, it was the tag team then Ronda Sasha then the women's oh, rumble oh okay okay that match was good that was that was a much better one so yeah i mean the yeah. so let's just go one by one so then Asuka Becky that was that was good like i it um Based on how they were trying to uh, kind of book Becky, uh, I'm I'm surprised that they did that. But also, like this sets up Oscar for doing something at at WrestleMania now, so that makes sense. And that was mm. a much better uh, match than Oscar had been given on this this kind of stage. So I was happy with it. The yeah. next one was then SmackDown Tag Championships. This one was one that had uh, Hot Turd written all over it. But then <laughs> and actually it was well, it, it so it, in my <laughs> book, it wasn't as bad as it could have been um, as far as how it ended with the uh, kind of one of them jumping back in and pushing it out and the uh, one teammate taking out the other teammate as opposed to it just being either like a squash match from the bar or more stupid shenanigans this far or like this early into it between the Miz and Shane. So it was it was fine for me and uh I mean, if Shane McMahon can do a shooting star press, then I, I believe anything can happen. So that's what I'll, I'll just keep going with there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the biggest surprise of the night for me was the Ronda Sasha match because that was one I just did not expect to have like any any care for, any interest in, or just you know have any the kind of the Alonzo morning gif where he's sitting on the bench and then just goes. Hmm. <laughs> like I, I yes. hit that face multiple times during during this match because I I was definitely impressed by it. Um, to to kind of see the, the work that they did, uh, and whether or not like it's still that you know whether or not Ronda has to script a lot of her matches ahead of time and and work choreographed or whatever. This was this ended up being one that uh that in the end was was probably one of the highlights for me or the, the most uh most unexpected quality match for the night for me. Yes, no, and I no no disrespect to that match. I forgot it mostly because this, it was pay per view was so long. Like like you forget like the 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 issue with the pay per view links is that they're so long you forget things. And no, that def, that was the match of the day. Well, especially Not, when you have every championship on the line and two rumble matches, it just yeah. you you basically need a, a lunch break in between. Yeah, I, I like. No, that was I was so impressed with that match with both Sasha and um and Ronda. Sasha's still proving that she can go. Um and Ronda did a really good job. Like 
I have not. So I've always been a larger proponent of Ronda than I have Brock Lesnar because at least Ronda shows up. Mm-hmm. And I can't like I can't stand the fact that Brock Lesnar doesn't show up. He, I don't. That's that's a whole nother thing. But, you know, we, we've talked about that before, but I've always liked that. And I always feel like she puts she tries. And honestly, that's always that's always good enough for me. Is that the fact she tries? Um, and that match was actually really good. Uh, probably the that's realistically pro- that is the match of the night. The Oscar, the Becky Oscar match was good. Um, but that match was better, and I can't believe I forgot it. Um, I think what it was, I was still stunned by that shooting star press out of Shane. <laughs> that it because, just, it's blocked out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, because I was like. I'm like, when he got up there, and I'm like, okay, what's he going to do? Drop an elbow? He's a 53-year-old man doing a shooting star press. Someone get that man down. <laughs> someone, 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 someone stop that. So, um, yeah, so he was uh, – there was that. And then the women's rumble. Um, the rim, So we talked about those three. And then the women's rumble. Uh, that was good. Um, I have two notes for the women's rumble. It's the only match I actually took notes notes for because yeah, I, I think it was a wick. You got two notes here, so I'm, I'm interested in both of them. <laughs> um, Corey, <laughs> the, the one note I have here is so Corey's stick is that he really wants to fuck Mandy Rose. Um, like it's at the point where it's almost uncomfortable how much he talks about it. Like he's like, and I know he's like, I know, I know it's like a character thing or whatever. He's so, he's so, uh, over the top with it. Yeah. Like, and I know he's happily married and all that and that, but the note that I wrote here is that Corey Graves is so thirsty for Mandy Rose. He turned all of Arizona into an actual desert. (laughs) Like he, like it was mentioned for about, because the rumbles are so long, it, really it's fine if you're talking like a three minute match on TV or five minute match on TV mm-hmm. where, you know, where he talks about that for maybe a minute and a half, you know, throughout the entire thing, it's whatever. I don't rumble because she lasted a relative. She lasted a fair amount of time. It was all he talked about on coverage. Yeah. I mean, she was in there for a good 25 minutes. So for yeah. them to be, for him to be just having that in there for a full 25 minutes is a bit, is a bit nutty. Yeah. Um, and then the other note I have here is fucking Tamina because um, she, she's bad. She's I I don't know. Like I, she's bad. <laughs> I just like she came in and she like lumbered down to the ring. Um, first, they, the exit was whatever stadium they were in. They need to not do, go there again uh, or read it, have a better setup. Well, so it's the difference there being that's a baseball field. And so the only way they can get from the backstage area to out front is through the dugouts. And so that's what like, again, mm-hmm. I agree that I don't know who uh, ended up thinking that walking up the steps to the dugout was going to be a good idea. Um, so they should have built something. They should have built a stage around there so that they would walk up and then come through the curtain and then everybody could see them right away as opposed to 
walking up steps ahead of time um, because I was at that stadium a couple of years ago for something. So like I, I knew the orientation of, of the setup and everything, but yeah, it was, it was bad. Like every time you kind of look back and then it's like, okay, well now you're going to have a, you can't see them walking up the steps B you can't see them from the ring. So they're like walking down and then making a blind left to go towards the ring, which they could have used to their advantage a lot more to have a lot of people interact, but they didn't. Um, yep. And so, yeah, it was just, it was a bad setup all the way around for that one. Yeah, Tamina just looks sloppy all around, and like, I know she's a trained professional, or whatever. But you know, this actually leads into my other note. Um, as much as I've been a defender of Nia Jax on this on this podcast, I have always literally been like, I've always stepped up to bat for her, you know, especially when the ICW uh, loves to shit on shit on her. Um, she just wasn't good in the women's rumble match. And like, like I'm seeing a lot of, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think the character does it for me. Whatever, whatever little bit of character work that's going on there. Well, it ends up being a case where you're talking about Naya, correct? mm -hmm, Yeah. It, It ends up being a case where paired with Tamina, they're, they're trying to be, or they're trying to make them like the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the big, monster. Yeah. yeah. The big natural disasters like tag team, uh, from when I was growing up, which may have been a little before your time. Um, but, uh, it, it, the, the case there where they're just, they're the big bruising monsters together. They can destroy anything. And so with that, it ends up being a case where, they don't really interact that much. And so it just ends up being a case where you're big and massive and that's all you're really doing is coming in to be bruising. Um, so it's just the, cause again, like, and you see more emotion from Tamina on, you know, the 30 seconds she makes an appearance in uh, total divas than you do anytime she's on TV on any program whatsoever. Um, yeah. and so there, it's just not there. So, I mean, she's just, big and there and has the family background. So uh, I don't watch enough of her to, to know one way or another. Um, but it's just like, there's nothing there to make me give a shit uh, as, and then for, for Naya, I think Naya had a much better experience in the men's rumble this year, uh, which I didn't realize happened until the next day, because that was part of what I had slept through uh, mm-hmm. than she did in the, the women's rumble. Yeah. Because other than that, it was just, it, it just didn't, it felt sloppy and it felt like it was just, again, there's, there's a difference there. There's a way you can play up the big bruising guy and, or the big bruiser in that type of role versus just being bigger than everybody. And so like you can, when it works, it works, but when it doesn't, like you still need to do some work for it to work. And so that's where I think they're both now where like Tamina is just emotionless and Naya is just trying to run with the, the big bruiser role. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I don't know what their direction is. I I don't know what the heck's going on in creative, but it's all over the place. So, um, I, I I think honestly, we can probably skip the two the two title defenses. Yeah, they were um, uninteresting. Um, and same old shit, different day. Um, and then the men's rumble. Uh, let me just say, realistically, I don't. Everyone knew Seth was going to win. Mm-hmm. Like realistically, with Roman going, um, and apparently uh, Dean Ambrose going, uh, he's the top face. He was going to win. 
that's probably the time they this is probably the rumble realistically where they needed to pull a trigger on somebody else um braun Strowman, i've been over it officially for like six or seven months now i am still over i am still not enthused with braun Strowman. well i think uh, if we ended up like taking it where if you took Strowman right after mania last year like when he won the tag belts with the the kid <laughs> And, then, oh, God. and put him on a and you you basically put him on a program there to take the belt from Lesnar and then let him run with it like I, I think I agree with you like I, I'm still a Strowman mark but I think that they've done too much shitty booking with him now to mm-hmm. be able to reverse that um, and so it's something where he needs to go quiet for a bit or just yep. have a lot of like mid card uh, domination where he whoever the hell is the IC championship uh now which who is that i don't even remember um oh oh uh it was ambrose oh no it's lashley so if it just like yeah. if, if him and lashley just beat the hell out of each other for two monsters going after that that belt for a while then i mean that would be something that that's fine um or even like he just like destroys people and then gets dq'd and stuff like that until just to make like to separate some of that stuff and then rebuild some of it but um yeah, I, I think that they've kind of put that out the pasture. So I, I agree that it, it makes sense that uh, Rollins was kind of the only key one here to be able to then go on to, to Mania to, to figure something out. There was something where I made a mental note when I was watching it because then I fell asleep Sunday night into Monday morning and then I went to the gym Monday night and I was actually – I watched that since the – I knew the length was about an hour. So I watched that while I was on the elliptical. Um where there was a point now, and I, I want to go back and double check because the results I'm looking at now don't make sense. Uh, but I thought it was like the last seven people I was looking at, and I was like, I would be fine with any of these seven people winning. Um, but now going back and looking at it, based on this list, it had to be the last four, um, which would have been Rollins, Strowman, Ziggler, or Andrade. And yep. so any of those, any of those guys, I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, I wouldn't mind any of those guys winning. I wanted to say, like, I thought I had Drew McIntyre in there as well. But based on the the results that I'm looking at here, they're a little awkward um, for, because that would have also included, like, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio and yep. Nia Jackson. I don't want them, I, I wouldn't have made that statement in any way, shape, or form, even if I was dehydrated and hallucinating <laughs> on the on the elliptical um yeah but i mean i think like andrade had a, a much better showing than i expected um being in there for uh you know 22 minutes uh i the my one surprise for uh out of out of the showing from the the men's i was very happy to see alistair black there um interested to see what he does gargano put on a good spot which was not surprising in any way shape or form um but my kind of dark horse or surprise candidate that I, I was rooting for and, and happy he did so well was Mustafa Ali. Um, yeah. He had, he had a pretty big night and had a couple of key eliminations. He did a lot with uh, uh, Samoa Joe in there. And then uh, there was a, a good amount of stuff and he, he put a name for himself out there and kind of put it on a bigger stage where a lot of people hadn't really seen him if they haven't been paying attention to SmackDown lately. 
Uh, yeah, the the big. Uh, I, so I was impressed with a lot of the women coming up from NXT UK and NXT. Um, I know we're talking about the guys, but when you said uh, you were surprised to uh, with Mustafa, that reminded me of uh, uh, Ripley. Yep, she she kicks some ass. So that was that was pretty yeah. awesome to see her. Like I've only I haven't seen any of her stuff. I've only read like articles and seen like small clips, but to, to see her get in there and and just kick some ass and basically do i mean it was almost i'm trying to think of a i mean she's almost like a a drew mcintyre build in the women's division mm-hmm. i was trying to think of like a, a historic uh guy build um to kind of figure that out but yeah i mean she's just like just taller uh yep. just much stronger and just the the what she was doing the working and just like the the sheer brutality that she was was ripping through people was was pretty amazing so i was super impressed with her too yeah this is the year that either ziggler or kofi should have won like seth rollins you can he's your top face you can literally plug him in anytime you want for wrestlemania (laughs) right does he really need to win the belt to fucking beat lesnar to get back the belt that let him and that lesnar beat him for no no, he doesn't need to do like you don't need to you don't need to put that you don't need him to win the rumble so he challenges Lesnar, right? Like you basically have him get screwed over in the elimination chamber or I think it's elimination chamber or fast lane or whatever the fuck ever. Um I think the before, one that they're talking about the most next is elimination chamber. That's what they've been mentioning so far on on Raw and SmackDown. That was what they were talking about. Nothing okay. else. So I would I would imagine it's it's that. But okay. you know, tomorrow's a new day. They may fuck it up and change it completely. Yeah. So I mean, realistically, you start your builds now, right? Like, how much more effective would the win for that Rumble win? Because you're gonna because you have no issue jobbing them out, poor Nakamura. Um, you know. Uh, you have no issue jobbing out your Rumble winners. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Both of them last year, Asuka. And uh, I think Vince was trying to get some revenge for uh, <laughs> something. But, um, you know, you put it on somebody. You put it up on You put it on someone who's been established, like, long enough, like, like Ziggler or someone who really could use the push of winning a Rumble. Like you put them in the title thing and then you have them get screwed out of their title shot. Right. You boom, you do that. You build you, you, you're playing Ziggler as a face in the first place, you know, more face slash tweener. Cause I guess he's the, I guess he's the face in that feud with drew. You want easy heat on drew, have him have him talking a lot of shit to Ziggler. He jumps him backstage. He gets injured. Ziggler comes out and does his little bullshit. You know, and he goes, he goes, oh, you know, he's like, look, put up your fucking title shot. And so I was like, fine, I can beat you and I can beat Brock Lesnar, which we all know is a fucking lie. Mm-hmm. And then you have then he, Drew beats him, takes the fucking title shot or fucking somebody, you know, like it like there are better ways to get multipurpose stuff done there. You know, uh, you, you the same thing happens when you put I mean, I know you're, you're they're building Andrade as a heel. Um you know, it, but it's the same kind of building stuff that you can do there to to have something new. I mean, Seth comes out at like number. The, this is how bad it was. This is 
I don't know if that rumble was necessarily entertaining enough for me. A for besides the fact I fell asleep, but I started doing the whole game of I wonder who's calling this match. Like throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And you could almost get it down you could almost get it down to a T. So as soon as Rey Mysterio came out, Shelton Benjamin got eliminated. Yeah. You know? Um the there was somebody who was in there who was calling a chunk of that before Benjamin got there. But as soon as Benjamin came out, the person before it that was calling him calling the match before got eliminated. Um, you know, and you could literally just see that. And it was like, so, um, you know, it was so scripted and it was so, yeah, there was no spontaneity, spontaneity to it. There was no, real stuff for it so like so with that though that ends up being the case that kind of my two comments and our notes tied together with and you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier on on the women's side with Corey talking so long about mandy rose but because it was such a fucking long night being four hours and 53 minutes and you they need to have people talk while they're wrestling um and the fact that they had uh, two guest announcers in JBL and uh, Jerry the King Lawler on there m- made it good for me because obviously it's a change of pace and I'm used to listening to those guys. But it was a case where uh, by the end of the night, Corey Graves was just getting punchy. Like he he was his character eroded away. And you could just see him having fun there because he was so tired and the ridiculousness of them having to call that match as it was. Um and like and some of like the the one liners that Lawler was setting up and some of like the the straight man type re- responses that mm-hmm. Layfield was getting like that was that ended up what made it better for me. And I haven't read any reviews. So I'll actually go back and read that in a second. Um, but for me, that's what actually got like through like the 30 to 50 minute mark of the rumble was just the ridiculousness of the commentary because they were, they were punchy. They were having fun and it's doing exactly what, what you said. Like you could see who was doing what and like what was going to happen ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And so like, you could kind of like navigate that path and be like, Oh, like I know like in five minutes, these people are going to be gone. Um, And so it was just kind of just listening to them. And I, I was, I, I usually have like one or two, like, Ooh, or like big responses, but I, I was Practically, I was on the elliptical laughing so hard for, from some of the commentary that people in front of me actually turned around a couple of times because they didn't know what I was making noise from. Um, and so that's where that that's where I got the enjoyment out of. And like, I shouldn't be laughing that much, but it was just because it was such a damn long night that, you know, commentary just said, screw it. And they were just having fun as opposed to trying to stay like on topic and in character. Yeah, the it reminds me of what is it when you said that it reminds me of like a Michael Cole doing like the third season of NXT before it was actually a show mm-hmm. when it was the reality thing where him and I think it was Josh Matthews literally would just tear into the contestants nonstop. <laughs> that was the entire thing because that was during his whole coal miner shtick. Yep, and he would just he would is yeah. So, um, you know, honestly, if this, I'm just gonna say this, if your main champion can't be bothered to defend the belt at every pay-per-view, you know, for a pay-per-view, especially like a gimmick pay-per-view, maybe you don't need to defend every belt. Exactly. You know, yeah, maybe you don't need to defend the, I mean, you didn't defend the IC title, you know, um, 
maybe you don't need to defend the tag team titles on your main card. That very easily could have been a filler match for, you know, that very easily could have been a filler match for Elimination Chamber. And when somebody's going to turn on somebody, which is how they're going to book that, you know, there's a little bit more of a palatable buildup for WrestleMania. Now we don't have to watch the fucking Miz pretend to make Rice Krispie treats with Shane McMahon for fucking <laughs> for six weeks, you know, for, for four weeks to Elimination Chamber. Like, maybe you don't need that match. And... You know, in in considering, you know, I think it would be I think it would be crazy. Just the dichotomy of your your rumble title matches are almost throw throwaways in the first place. Mm-hmm. The real the real booking of that stuff doesn't come down until elimination chamber anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's so, there I and I don't know any any stats, but like there's based on normal writing there's nothing that they're going to do where in recent years the championship changed hands at rumble and then that was a case where it ended up having an impact on the um on the rumble winner to actually go and make that same thing so i would love to see like think about how interesting this would be this kind of this approach to it so they the rumbles you've got Neither of the main, none of the main titles are defended. You have four matches. It comes down to this cuts a shit ton of your runtime too, or it lets you actually build the rumble rumble properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you have your two rumbles, your men and your women's, and then like a couple of grudge matches. And if you need to, you have one title defended. But think about this: going up into it, number one contenders either get the opportunity to participate in the rumble. Or get their title shot at Elimination Chamber to guarantee that they get a shot. Yeah. Right? That makes so think about sense. all the interesting story. Think about all the interesting story stuff where somebody passes up like – all right. So imagine this, right? Finn Balor wins a, wins a title opportunity. He can either be fucking number 30 in the Rumble or guaranteed elimination shot at uh, being a part of the Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. Right. That's tough. That's that's a choice. That's a choice to where if Finn loses, if he loses that or anything, it's like it gives it actual stakes. Right. And then he's scrambling to find something for you. Then he's you're, he's kind of scrambling to make it to WrestleMania, kind of like that John Cena story, you know, uh, a couple of years ago where he was trying to find an opponent for WrestleMania and like called out the Undertaker. Was that last year? I don't know. All I remember from WrestleMania is chicken wings. Cause that's all I do. I literally order a gluttony of chicken wings and just eat them all. Um, but yeah, I mean like it could start giving stuff stakes and that's their whole thing is they really just need to find a way to add stakes to stuff just to kind of make it a little bit more, a little bit more enjoyable. Um, you know, I mean, that would be, you know, that would be crazy. Like, well, I knew I was setting myself up for failure because I listened to the Cedric Phillips uh, preview with him and, and Joey Bags, and the fantasy booking that Joey Bags had going into it that he walked Cedric through for a couple of matches made a hundred percent sense and actually had me exciting while I was uh, driving around uh, multiple times up and down I four in Orlando last Friday. So I, I was super stoked for that. And so I was like this, and it, it was done in a way that completely makes sense. And we're going to look back and we're going to get to where he said 
should be happening. But WWE is going to do it in a completely different way, and it's going to be much less interesting and much less organic. Um, and so I knew just going into that that it was something that I – really wanted to happen so i knew there was no way in hell anything close to that was going to happen um as far as like a lot of the the horsewomen set up uh as far as like the men's rumble and, and championship stuff um and so like when you can see like the writing on the wall is there for all of these things to happen but then it's either they still refuse to book them in a certain way, i.e. Strowman, or they have <laughs> ridiculous swerves that think that they're interesting, i.e. uh Roman uh, driving Lesnar through the through the mat or through the cage and all of that crap there, where they're like they they think they're being clever but they're not. Um, it just ends up being a case where that's what I think you're gonna have once AEW gets a TV deal if they have obviously listening to the fans because based on what you know the the whole you are now the authority type thing, nothing has really changed there since then. Um, and so it's just a matter of figuring out what to do there because I was really stoked for that fantasy booking. And then there was nothing that like, there was nothing that even resembled anything coming out of the rumble that made me as excited as what could have been possible with, with that fantasy booking. So it just, yep. it's disheartening that podcasts are, are coming up with better ideas than, you know, the paid writers for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, well in, in, in this podcast defense, uh, I am more than qualified to be a writer for them. Um, I just sneeze too much for Vince McMahon's liking. Um, so, no. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, that's been, that's just been a, uh, I don't even, I don't even know. I, I don't even, I don't even know. Like they used, I used to be able to get excited for WrestleMania and now I just can't. Um I mean, I know they're scrambling because, you know, they lost Roman and that, you know, you, you just let, just let Lesnar retire. That's all I got to say. Y'all are, y'all addicted. I know y'all can't quit Lesnar, but you gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta cut him off cold turkey, you know? But I mean, I, I think that goes directly into one of the other things we wanted to talk about, which was Ambrose deciding not to, to resign a, a contract. Because yep. it goes just to that fact where, again, like if you have a guy that you're re-signing to contracts and paying a good bit of money to and he never shows up to the weekly shows or one in between every pay-per-view and then he shows up to a pay-per-view, does a thing, doesn't really sell much and then doesn't have to work that much. Like why – if you have the option to go do something else, why would you stay? Because it's just not worth it. Like it – if you're not going to move stuff around or when you see like what they're paying the top guy to do absolute shit, I would walk too. Yep. So, so it's funny you mentioned that because another person that actually asked for the release was Atami um, or Kenta. Uh, um, he basically asked for his release too. That's why I went and added him there. Um, yeah. Um, I saw a rumor. I don't know how true it is. Um, for apparently some of the AEW's um, contract numbers got around. Mm -hmm. And so uh, apparently they pay pretty well. I saw, I don't, I don't know the actual numbers, but I saw some of the comparisons for uh, what um, Jericho was talking about. And he was saying it was definitely, uh, it was, 
it was like more than he got for the, the I, I'm probably misquoting it, but I, this is what I remember where it was, it was a more than the combined, his WWE contract and what he got paid for, for the new Japan wrestle kingdom program from last year combined. Yep. So like, and I mean, I wouldn't put that much money in Chris Jericho. Um, I like Chris. I think he's super talented, but he's also kind of old and you know, he has a band. So, I mean, he's no, like, I don't, I don't know how to explain Chris Jericho, but like if those numbers are that good, like they're going to get fleeced for a ton of talent. Mm -hmm. Like their whole, I mean, honestly, they could end up losing almost a chunk of that entire cruiserweight division. Um, you know, very easily. They could lose main. They can meet, lose people off of the off of the rosters very easily, off of the main show rosters. Uh, you know, the uh, there's a there's a chance now that they're not even go like if AEW was around uh, when they signed Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet is not going to NXT at that point. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just gonna be full of, just gonna be full of chubby Cassius Elnos want running around saying they're going to KO people dressed in really weird basketball jerseys and trunks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was our, I take it back. The worst match from takeover was the Matt Riddle Cassius Ono match. Mostly because Cassius Ono doesn't know what to do with his super dumpy body, which I know I'm one to talk, but I'm also not on national television in my underwear. Agreed, but it's also <laughs> the way the match ended, where I was like, oh, okay, here's a gimmick, and then they'll do this, and something else will happen, and they'll beat the piss out of each other and keep going. But then it was like, it was, it was a really weird like spot to call, because he just went down and acted like he was pleading, and then just didn't react, and then the match ended. And then I was like okay like i thought something was gonna happen but that's like a very weird way to have this end when you're basically trying to it's the you know lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink type thing where that's where you're you're basically yeah. just trying to put riddle over and just this ridiculousness where so that, that was one that i just didn't understand at all and that that was definitely for me the the same one right there with you yeah um but yeah, I mean, you know, the AEW is going to be very interesting. Um, but as somebody smartly says, I, I saw it somewhere until AEW actually puts on another show. They're just a T-shirt company. Yep, exactly. Like like it's and that's the way it is. Like I'm looking forward to it. I'm a cautiously optimistic. I believe those guys are all super talented. I hope they hire real talk. I hope they hire fucking writers because some of us have watched the beyond uh, uh, being the elite and uh I'm sorry, I would not pay to watch that on a re on a weekly basis. <laughs> I love those guys. I think they're super talented, and I think they have really fun ideas. But somebody needs to tell these motherfuckers how to structure a story and how comedy actually works. Whew, okay, well that'll get us some hate. <laughs> but um, so on the the topic you know, of I mean, how comic comedy actually works, uh, we can jump into the next session if there wasn't anything major that you wanted to wrap up with for the wrestling bits. No, no, I just wanted to say I love I just wanted to clarify. I love those guys. I think they're super talented. I'm all on board with AEW, but they just need structure and how a story works. That's it. Um, 
I, uh, I've, so I've been watching the Orville. I don't know if we've talked about this before. We mentioned um, it a couple weeks back and we never got into it. Um, and okay. it, it's one that I haven't jumped into, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. And so it's, it's one that's on my radar cause I need a new episodic show to pick up. Yeah. It, um, it's not bad. Um, I, it's, it's better than you think it would be, but it, there are some points where it really feels like next gen. Um, but it doesn't quite get you there. So it gets you close, but doesn't quite get you there. <laughs> And then, of course, Seth MacFarlane has to be Seth MacFarlane. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just like I, I need somebody, I need somebody else to watch this show, just so I can figure out whether or not if it's actually good or not. Just to get like, outside your head on it. Yeah, because like there's like I've been watching it, and there's like the, the last episode was just objectively I don't think good, um, and I'm trying to pinpoint where where it necessarily goes off or goes wrong um i, I want to know because i'm actually running out of episodic television to watch it's actually kind of not it's kind of scary um i've been sitting here talking about cutting netflix and uh i've been, I've been sitting here cut, talking about cutting netflix but i'm watching it more and more because for some reason apparently episodic television's on break for the next two weeks yeah it took a took another break so like I would, so, like, for instance, I don't understand why they do that with certain shows specifically. Um, I can understand why Fox does that with, like, their animation anima, uh, animated lineup for mm-hmm. Sundays uh, because their shows are actually all generally pretty good and have been on air for a really long time. But it also, for them, lines up against the, the playoff games, which they tend to want on a later time on Sunday. So then that way they have a little bit of a break then, and then it's also – Depends on whether or not it lines up against the Super Bowl and stuff like that, too. So for that, it makes sense uh, since that's usually the pretty key time slot there. But the rest of them, like on a Tuesday night, it doesn't make sense to take like a third break in the middle of the season. Like there's shows I don't understand why they do it, like The Rookie with Nathan Fillion. First off, that show is just not great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much what I've heard, un- much to my dismay. Um, you know, I'm just here's my hot take. So I have a lot more of the media I've been watching lately. He's been in, um, and I'm one of the few. Pe- I'm one of the few people who have, like I'm just pissing everybody off today. So um, we're doing some hot takes. Um, uh, you know, I don't think he is is he's not bad. But I don't think he's necessarily good enough to carry a show. Um, you know, like I've seen Firefly and I enjoyed Firefly. I watched Serenity. I enjoyed Firefly. Uh, excuse me, I enjoyed Serenity. Um, but at the same time, I can also kind of see why Firefly got canceled. Like, I could see how that show just wouldn't connect with audiences. Especially, I mean, with Fox being Fox at that time, but I can see how that couldn't connect. Mm-hmm. Like, ABC has put a lot of be- eggs in the Nathan Fillion basket over the last decade. You know, Castle ran for what nine seasons? Uh, eight or eight? Oh, I was close. Um, you know, and you're talking 
you're talking to like the weirdo who likes procedural drama mm-hmm. nonsense, who likes kind of the lighter tone of, oh, looks like there's a chopped up party in the Hudson today. <laughs> well, I guess we got to go find out who did it. Golly. <laughs> anyway, here's me with some funny sunglasses on. And then you're like, oh, great. Well, you know, that's fine. Like, you know, and Castle's all right. I've watched I've watched a few seasons. I think I've seen all to season four. Um, and I haven't just gone out and searched the other seasons. Um, I haven't searched them out yet, but like, and I've been watching the rookie and they took, they've taken like three breaks this season. And it's like, your show isn't good enough to take breaks. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have that, that big of an audience in your first season. Like your show's not that good. All the characters are, uh, they're all over the place. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've been watching that. And haven't been like super into that, but that's how desperate I've been for episodic TV just to watch it. Um, it's been, you know, I've been starving. I've been jonesing for, I've been jonesing for the rookie. This, this show's not good. Yeah, I've been, I've been forcing myself to get caught up on everything. So I was over holiday break catching up on Game of Thrones, and so I could be ready for the new season coming out soon. And then I had two episodes left to go in the the last half season of the seventh season, and I lost my access to HBO. So I've got to get to find the that uh, at least the ability to watch about three hours of of Game of Thrones uh, prior to April. So uh, I'll be hitting up some friends to see if, uh, if they have access to it. <laughs> so uh, that that's pretty much where I've been as far as the main goal of my episodic television, since mostly everything else has been me in front of a computer for the, the past eight weeks. So I've just been slacking off all the time. So, um, especially, I mean, I've been doing a little bit more writing at work, but, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, uh, I've been been watching more TV lately, but I think I think we're gonna try and power through Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts one and two at the very least, and maybe try and tackle three. Nice, just to just to see. I think we're gonna try and give up the TV bug because uh, there's not much. I've been like going through all the anime. I've been like really going through Netflix. So um, is that something that you can stream and I would be able to watch later since I'll never I didn't ever think these words would come out of my mouth, but I can watch you play it instead of me play it. <laughs> um, I could stream. I could figure out how to do all that. It's about time to wrap up since uh, I've seen Ollie pacing the hallway. and He's usually my timer as to say whether or not that's been I've been away from that long enough. So um uh, yeah, so of course uh, you can always find my stuff on uh, Rick and Rick and Don dot com. Uh, that's also most likely where you're probably getting your episodes from, um, if not iTunes. Uh, don't forget to uh, you know if you you want uh, just give us a rating, uh, comment, or tell us that you reach out to us and poke us in the face, let us know that you're there. Um, you can find me um, as a uh, contributing editor for the NES page. Uh, and that's just the NES page.com. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at, uh, at Donald Paris. And, uh, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much about it. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, my personal stuff that I mentioned before, I'll end up having that stuff going up at Rick Um, and then we've got the, 
Rick and Don show at Twitter. So just Rick and Don show all one word where, I mean, most of our stuff comes out through there. Uh, and then all of our other personal handles will be available either through my site and or that site and then rickanddon.com as well. So just check all that stuff out for any individual access and, and commentary and stuff like that. Howdy.
Please listen carefully.